being sometimes without that about. I mean, we even see like, okay, if you were to actually eat silently, what might you experience? What are the thoughts flooding in? What are the feelings coming in? So this is so intertwined with so many layers of our lives. Welcome to Unlocking College Life, real talk about all things college. The best part of this podcast is that your voice is part of the show. Other students care what you have to say. So through your questions, your feedback, and your real talk, we all grow together. Let's dive in with your hosts, Joy and Alona. Hi, welcome back to Unlocking College Life. We wanted to check in today about the recent six-hour fail of Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp all at once, and the incredible impact that had. And we're not going to deconstruct the political piece of that right now, but more so to just name that for all of us and for all of you, or for most of you, six hours without those platforms actually has a really significant impact. And it kind of leads into a topic we've been wanting to explore a little bit more, which is addiction to our phones. And I know that I have had students come in and talk about sort of just this feeling of being compelled to go to their phones. So they might not always name it as like an addiction, but I actually literally have had undergrads and graduate students say, I feel like I'm addicted to it, whether I am or not. What does that mean? Addiction. We could sort of break that down a little bit today. But I think this balance of Phones and social media can be amazing pieces of our lives. They've provided so much, and it's also opened up communication in a way where you can talk to anybody anytime on all these platforms, and probably a lot of you have conversations with the same person on like seven different platforms. And so we want to talk about today is what are the limits of that? Or where are you noticing for yourself that you kind of get caught up in it in a way that Either you come out of it, wait a minute, how did I just spend the last two hours of my life and it felt like a quote unquote waste? Or when do you notice when usage of your phone and or social media is really, okay, that was worth my time. It actually increased my capacity to connect with others. What do you think, Alona? Joy, that was a really interesting social experiment when with the Facebook and Instagram blackout. I've heard from so many folks sort of compulsively checking their phone, checking their computer, is something wrong with my device? What is going on here? And then finally, folks sort of Googling it to find out what is happening. In the world of business, I actually had two Facebook Lives to attend that day. And it was very interesting to see people shifting to different platforms to sort of salvage what could be and salvage, right? So I think it really demonstrated for us what kind of relationship we have with social media and perhaps even our phones. I know for myself that it certainly helps to not have notifications on my devices because that would be just a constant reminder. And I think I would never get anything done. But I also agree with you that there's also a lot of good about this. I mean, I'm an international person. And so for me to stay in touch, family and friends is very important. But I am very selective about how I use social media rather than doom scrolling. I definitely go to these platforms for a very specific reason. And of course, we can talk about and students already know this ad nauseum that it very much depends what you're looking at. If we look at just eating issues, self-esteem, particularly in women or girls, 
Instagram, there's data on this that what you're looking at very much impacts self-esteem, eating issues, so on and so forth. So just even switching, let's say you follow someone who very much perpetuates diet culture, Fitbit, that kind of stuff. And then you switch your feed to folks who actually are more in the anti-diet culture realm and maybe even eating disorder providers or you can notice the shifts in your mood and all of that. It's interesting in terms of the compulsivity. I often reflect with students. I mean, I've had students who have tried to cut down. They play all kinds of tricks with themselves. Okay, maybe I will put in my settings. I will only spend 30 minutes on social media and boom, then they override these notifications. And from the realm of addictions, one of the really quick, dirty tools that we often use is cage. When I get someone who is sort of contemplating change in their drinking, one of the really quick ones that we can use in a room is CAGE. So that acronym stands for cutting down. Have you been unable to sort of successfully cut down long term, not just sort of, let's say, for a week? And then we go down the acronym. G, for example, stands for guilt. Do you ever feel guilt about your use, right? The E for drinking is using sort of first thing in the morning as an eye opener, we call it. And we know with phones, I mean, some of us keep phones in our bedroom. We go to bed with the phone. We wake up as the first thing with our phone. And so ultimately can really affect the flavor of the day. So I would encourage students to maybe plug in for themselves this little cage acronym. Does it apply to me And if we even go back to setting intention, like, how do I want to use this? Does it work for me? What are the pros? What are the cons? Is there anything I want to change? And how has that been? So I think I brought this up in a previous episode. So two examples. One is I had a student who was sort of trying to practice mindfully walking across campus without being plugged in. And one of her observations was it seemed everybody else was. It was just an observation. And then we all have the experience, especially I think in, well, I'm not even going to say in groups of college students, because I think it happens with a lot of people. But this happened in my class, literally this past week, we were in this big discussion and talking and we took a break. And immediately, everybody goes to their phone. I think Alona and I are asking you to do is there's nothing inherently wrong with that. However, It's ironic a little bit. We're all in community. We've all been gone from each other. And yet there's still, it does feel like a compulsion sometimes. Like even though you're sitting with 20 other people, when you have a break, we all go like internal to this device. And so I think what's worth discussing is what is that about (laughs) for each person? It could be that seven of those people literally needed to get on right then to like check something urgent. Maybe two, seven, I don't know. (laughs) And so this is what the opportunity, I think. Ilona was talking about overriding the mechanism of, okay, I'm going to cut down to 30 minutes. That's hard. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense why we sometimes override those. And I wonder, like, how can we notice when we start to go to our phone and sort of catch ourselves to just sort of quickly ask, am I doing this out of habit? Am I doing it out of compulsion? Am I doing it out of wanting to avoid something else? Or am I really actually, no, I need to check this thing. And I can't wait to find out about XYZ to just really tune into that instead of what I think some students feel, which is that they feel sort of pulled along with it in a way where they look back and go, Oh, my gosh, like, I feel like I wasted like three hours of my life. 
Yeah, you know, and it's an interesting thing to do when you also try to track the time that you have wasted. And again, all of it may not be wasted on our social media or our devices. But I think if we take a really honest look as to how much time we really spend on it, it's really quite mind-blowing, honestly. And I know that students are often very concerned about productivity and all of that. I think that we are preaching to the choir. I think that many of our students already know that and have struggled with this. And I will also say that some of us just have to get ticked off to kick a habit. And so for some of us, it may be just cold turkey, getting sick and tired of being sick and tired, doing the same things over and over, expecting different results, where we finally say, done, 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 done. And we have definitely heard from students who have done that, who cut out all social media, because it turns out that they didn't need to know what all of their hundred friends are doing at the very moment when they were actually spending time with their family and being just fine. And we do have students who report improvement in their mental health. It could be cold turkey, or it could be sort of gradually. And what you were saying, tapping into, okay, when I reach for that phone again, when I'm right. at dinner with my friends or at the bus stop, because I'm anxious to just stand at the bus stop and have nothing to do with my hands, it may be difficult to sort of cut that out, but you can track that back at any point. Let me just give a quick example that maybe will drive it home differently. I used to work with a client whose part of their addiction was compulsive lying. Addiction often leads to folks lying, deceiving, and all of that. That's just part of addiction. And for her, honesty was sort of key thing, sort of staying sober. When we started the work, she had trouble always being completely honest. And so what happens in our meetings was she would sometimes have to catch herself midway, mid-sentence and say, actually, let me backtrack. That's not completely true. So we can do the same thing with these phones. Even if you catch yourself, oh, I just reached for the phone again. Doesn't mean you can't put it down. And for some of us, we have to create barriers a little bit. So if I put my phone in a basket next to the door when I come home, for me to get it is going to be just a little bit more difficult than when it's always in my pocket. So for some of us, we may have to create these sort of, let me retract or let me create a barrier and let me experiment with how that feels. And first few days may be a real nightmare because again, it's compulsive. We are used to it. Folks no longer even eat sometimes without being on the phone. And what is that about? I mean, we even see, okay, if you were to actually eat silently, what might you experience? What are the thoughts flooding in? What are the feelings coming in? So this is so intertwined with so many layers of our lives. And the one thing that I forgot to mention, Joy, when I talked about cage, I forgot the A. That's angry or agitated. Like if someone brings up your use, are you angry or agitated? Like, hey, are you at dinner with roommates? And hey, could you put the phone down? Like you're always on the phone. You're not paying attention to us. Do you get angry or agitated? From parents, I sometimes hear that children saying, mom, you're on the phone again. And how do you respond? Because that can also be a telltale sign. Again, we could go on and on and on. I am just really, really so looking forward to hearing from students on their relationship with social media, their phones, the good, the bad, what have they tried, what has worked, what hasn't worked, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us, what even small shifts have worked? Because I think students telling stories about that can really have an impact on other students 
too. And as you were talking about, oh, yeah, people know this. I think it's similar to saying, hey, sleep is really good for you. People are like, yeah, no shit, but it's hard. So this is another example of that where it's not that we don't all understand the addictive nature of it. It's how do we for ourselves override. In some ways, it does feel political to me sometimes, which is like, fuck that. They're not going to control me. And it happens where you go on your phone, do a task, and then you do 30 other things. And you're like, holy shit, I didn't even do the thing I was going to do. That's the part that it is designed that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They want you to stay on. And so we know that. And so it requires almost two levels of tuning in our own stuff, which is what Alona's talking about is, am I trying to avoid something? Am I uncomfortable? Do I not know what to do? In addition to like, oh my gosh, I'm fighting this beast that's like a multi-billion dollar industry too, where six hours they're offline and the whole world is, we don't know how to freaking function. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you do? <laughs> So I think we've offered you a couple ideas to try. So one is I really appreciate the cage method. Is it called a method? Yeah, it's a quick little dirty assessment before we dive into sort of more formal assessments. That's what we do. It's a quick one for folks to really take a look at. And also when Alona was talking before too, it made me think about when you catch yourself is also progress because it's not you have to catch yourself before you go to your phone and not do it. It could be that you're in the middle of it. And you go, wait a minute, what Mm -hmm. am I doing? I'm mindlessly on. Great. You still caught it. That's progress to start to notice it sooner and sooner and sooner. And and then to just ask yourself, am I doing this with intention? And if you are, great, keep going. But if you're not, to be like, whoa, okay, deep breath. What are my other choices right now? Absolutely. Even if your other choice is to sort of sit in a little bit of discomfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, this goes to back to two overarching concepts that we often try to drive home is both mindfulness. So that's that awareness and catching it. And it's okay if it's not before you did it. It's okay if it's in the middle. And also values. Is this still intention setting? And is this still in a direction of how you want to live your life, who you want to be? And if you say, yeah, I want to spend this hour on Instagram, by all means, do that. Totally. But just don't get... I think take control back. Don't get just taken by the waves of Instagram. Be intentional. Take control back. So in addition to the cage method of even just sort of, okay, what is this bringing up for me? I do think another technique I've heard a number of students talk about, and Alona mentioned it earlier, is taking time to notice what's in your feed. That is really powerful. And which are the whatever platform it is? But to just start to notice which are the ones that you're sort of starting to be like, this isn't making me feel good. And there's tons of research on that. This connects to imposter syndrome, FOMO, all of this. And also like which are messages that whether it's making you feel bad or whether it doesn't align with your values and what it would it be like to integrate different feeds in there and just test it out. And you get to choose what that is. I actually love when people you follow suggest other people to follow because I feel like my feed has even changed significantly that way. Hey, check this person out or check this out. So also being really like thoughtful about what's in your feed. What are the things that are really resonating and making you feel positive, inspired, et cetera? And which are the ones that you walk away like, I just don't really want that there anymore. Yeah, so it could be used for inspiration as long as it leads to action. 
because we could also just get inundated with a bunch of information and then do nothing about that. But yeah, absolutely. We get to control what is in our feed as opposed to when you were talking about how these platforms, obviously, as we all know, are designed this way. What is that Netflix show, the social experiment, whatever it's oh, called? Oh, yeah. That was sort of a deal breaker for a lot of folks who left Facebook and such platforms because this has reached a different level that is not actually helpful. And so I think that was a deal breaker for many folks. And this new wave, the new whistleblower, obviously connected to really inciting anger and really even supporting sometimes violence because that sells. It feels like a second wave of departure from some of these platforms. So again, taking more control and deciding how you want to use these platforms to your advantage rather than disadvantage. Yeah. And so maybe that's what we'll leave you with today is number one, please go on our Instagram, DM us, email us. It doesn't matter. And let us know what parts are hard. What are you noticing? What resonates with like, yeah, I struggle with this. And then if you and or your friends have tried different techniques, let us know too. Man, this little thing, this little shift actually worked or it helped. Because sometimes, yeah, the inclination is to be like, ah, I'm just going to get rid of all of it. And that's hard too, because that's not always the answer. That works for some people. But think about Cage, think about your feed, what's in there, what's not, and then let us know. And we'll pick up on this again, because I don't think this topic is going to go away or get solved. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. And if you have cracked the code, we want to hear that also, or just send us a message, say hi. We are here for it. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review us on your favorite pod platform. Share with your friends if this is making you think about and participate in college differently. We want to hear from you. Connect with us on Instagram and let us know how it's going. This podcast is not professional advice or replacement for therapy. If you need professional advice, you should find it with professionals in your area, such as your primary care physician or therapist.